Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his home. makes it two defeats in two games and two matches in a row where we haven't found the back of the net. Time to worry or are we getting too far ahead of ourselves? Welcome to Charlton Live. So good evening and welcome to Charlton Live, coming to you live here on your Sunday evening from the Valley. My name is Louis Mendes, uh, we're going to be looking back at the 2-0 defeat up at Wigan yesterday on this evening's show and joining me to do just that is Benji Cloak, how are you doing Ben? Good evening, yes, very good, thank you. You right? you recovered from yesterday's shenanigans just yet? Uh, yeah, still a bit frustrated but... Um yeah, one of those games, I think. Yeah, one of those games that you never want to think about again. But we're going to think about it again for 90 minutes now coming up <laughs> on tonight's show. Uh, so we will we'll look back at the game. We'll hear the Valley Pass highlights uh, very briefly. Obviously, there wasn't too many highlights, unfortunately, from a Charlton point of view. We'll hear the post-match reaction from manager Lee Bowyer. Uh, plenty he had to say after the game yesterday. Uh, we also want to hear what you made of yesterday's performance. You can get in touch with the show. Have your views aired on this evening's Charlton Live. You can email us 
studio at charltonlive.co.uk. You can tweet us at charltonlive or you can head over to the Charlton Live forum to have your say on yesterday's game. Let us know where do you think it went wrong? Uh, what would you like to see changing over the next couple of weeks, if anything like that? What players you'd like to see uh, getting more of a chance? What players perhaps you'd like to see getting less of a chance? Anything like that, um, make sure you contact the studio. And now also, um, it seems to be all the talk these days, doesn't it? VAR is very much in the headlines. Even today when I was prepping this sort of section of the show, getting the audio together, uh, writing a little uh, a little story about what Lee Bayer had to say on the matter yesterday. While I was writing that, there was more VAR controversy in the game between Chelsea and Liverpool. So, um, so you know, Lee Bayer was asked what he thought about VAR yesterday. I'm going to play that later on the show, but also want to know what you guys think about that. Would you like to see VAR introduced into the championship? Because if we had it yesterday, we may well have had a penalty for a shove on Naby Sarr or a pullback even on Naby Sarr, and it could have changed the game for us. So let us know. Email studio at charltonlive.co.uk. You can tweet us at charltonlive, or you can head over to the Charlton Live Forum to have your say on this evening's show. Benji, um, 2-0 defeat, second defeat in two games for the Addicts. Um, tough one to take yesterday. Did we get what we deserved? Yeah, I guess you'd say overall we, we probably did. Um, looking at the course of the game, I don't think we were really outplayed as such. We just never got our rhythm going, to be fair. Um, we look at the chances. Did Dylan have loads of saves to make? No, not really. Uh, we just got beaten by two corners. And uh, the first one, look, he finished it brilliantly from a great volley into the net. And the second one, he jumps above our defenders to head it in. So did we deserve to be beaten? Yeah, they took their chances. And over the course of the game, their chance was probably better than ours as well. And we just never really got going, did we, really? Mm. Right, let's have a listen to the highlights of yesterday's game. Your commentators over on Valley Pass were Lewis Cat and Greg Stubley. Williams and Nick Ball Williams going to get out of a bit of a cul-de-sac. He's done well. Out to the right, Sosalaja. Takes it past Jacobs. Sosalaja ball in the box. Good one. It comes to Emmett with a little oh. touch. And wide. There's a decent ball in from Sosalaja. Emmett coming short. Just got a little flick, but couldn't divert it goalwards towards the edge of the penalty. It looks at the 1-2 with Moore. It's a lovely oh. back heel. Along with the strike straight at the goalkeeper. Now he's a bit under pressure in the end, low when he had the shot. It's a lovely back heel for Kiefer Moore. But Charlton just struggling to get out of the half there. We're just placing the ball down. Puts his hands in the air. Swings it in. Takes a looking delivery. And it's a touch for Dunkley. And Wigan have made it 1-0. A simple corner really. Mulgrew with a great delivery. And Dunkley the centre-half with a good finish. And Charlton will have to come from behind. Yeah, unfortunately. Simple stuff there. If corner comes in from Charlie Mulgrew, someone we know that's a bit of a dead ball specialist, gets in just at that far post. There was Dunkley, managed to meet it with his foot, drill it into the bottom left-hand corner. And Charlton deservedly so are 1-0 behind at the moment. And they're going to have to really get themselves going now. It's, it's not been a good opening period from the Addicts. And they're going to have to really get their heads into this game to, uh, to try and get level now. Larger. Just to get there and shot there by Morsey but stung the gloves of Dylan Phillips but I think he will always have that covered yeah again though from a Charlton perspective the fact Morsey was able to have that shot was disappointing that would have been an extremely soft penalty half time here at the DW you can hear what Wigan fans think of the referee's performance in that first half Shalaja a nice battle there with Jacobs Shalaja wins that battle and gets it to Josh Cullen Gallagher little flick Love over the, the top brilliant ball drilled in by Oshelaja oh. 
That was unfortunate. Very unlucky. It's gone for a Charlton corner, but much better from the Addicts. Brilliant work by Dej Oshelaja on that right-hand side. We're going to want a good delivery here from Cullen. Cullen knocks the ball in. Oh, oh the shirt, shirt pull there. There's a massive shirt pull Oh, there there's a the shirt referee. pull That's there. unbelievable. Gallagher now. Gallagher does well to turn his man. Got to have a go. Tom Lockyer, oh. he just feels it right. And Charlton will feel completely aggrieved there. There was a shirt pull. There was 100% in that box. That, that has to be a penalty. Naby Sarr can't jump. Zin Swinger tries to... Oh, it's back stick and it's off the post. Back oh, stick, Mole grew off the post. It's a great effort. And Massey with the ball now for, for Wigan. On controls to left to Prattley. Oh. Good touch, oh. Prattley in the box. Prattley, ball across goal as the flicks on, comes to the back post, Osselager. Heads back inside to Bond, who touches. Goes for goal, McCauley oh. Bond straight the goalkeeper. Just latched a little bit of power that from Bond, but there's nice hold-up play in the first place to find Prattley. Knock this in the box as Jacobs looks towards the far post. It's a decent delivery. Dunkley oh. rises and Dunkley scores. Again, just a simple set piece. Dunkley rises highest and heads past Phillips to give Wigan a second. It's, the, it's almost deja vu. Again, ball, great ball in from, uh, again, by the by Sammy Morsey. Uh, and it had, ended up on the head of, of Che Dunkley. Again, Charlton will feel they could have done better there defensively. It's just, again, it's, it's poor from set pieces. It's a long way back now, 2-0. 20 minutes to go. It's a bit of an uphill struggle if we're going to get anything from this game. Solaja down the line to Anike. Anike takes it past Robinson in the penalty area. Anike still with it. And now it comes to Gallagher with a shot. And it's cleared away by Dunkley. Charlton fans. There's Gallagher down the line to Lecco. Chip ball in the box. Lock with it. Oh, it's gone wide. What a chance for Tom Lockyer. That was the opportunity chance. And can it prove right on? There's Lecco towards the back post. Anike gets something on it. It's a shot from Lockyer. Great save. Comes to Gallagher with a shot. The Williams diverts the goalwards and is cleared away. How oh, Charlton haven't scored there. I'll never know. And towards the back post. Great ball. Cullen with the header. Oh, Another great line. save from Marshall. Goes back. Lockyer oh. with a shot over the bar. And what a save from David Marshall. Two outstanding saves. First one to block Lockyer. And then the header then from Cullen. It was an unbelievable effort to keep it. Just going to keep hold of this. It's important for Wigan that they don't. Now Charlton an unlikely consolation. But that's not going to happen as it finishes here. Wigan 2, Charlton 0. Just not the Alex State. So that was it, the Valley Pass highlights of yesterday's defeat uh, up at the DW Stadium. Goals in either half from Che Dunkley. Or Shay Dunkley. Um, I, saw, sorry, I saw a very funny tweet yesterday. What does Shay Dunkley actually call his house? Because most call, most people, I'd call my house like Shay Mendes. But there you go. Anyway, on a separate <laughs> matter, let's talk about the game. Um, I mean, it was disappointing. We we had chances certainly. I think the better of them came by the time we were already two goals down. But there were a couple of openings. But it's it's just the fact that we don't really look like taking them at the moment. Now, obviously, everyone's pointing to the fact that Lyle Taylor's not there. But it probably goes a little bit deeper than that because there's players in that squad who who should be able to score goals anyway, isn't there? Yeah, definitely. I think you're looking across the park um, to other people to step up once your main man is injured. Then, like, look, Hemed's got his opportunity to show us what he can do now. Obviously, he's not probably not fully match fit yet, but he's had a couple games now. And to be fair, he just hasn't shown us anything yet to get excited about. Uh Lecco had a poor game yesterday, I thought. He just looked a bit leggy, just didn't seem anything. He tried to produce his final end product, just wasn't wasn't good enough. But, but the then, crossing for, for Lockyer, I guess, and won a corner towards the end of the first half. But yeah, there was 
times where it, it didn't quite come off for him. And that, and that's when, when, when your flair players like him aren't getting the end results all the time that they're after, then sometimes it can be quite frustrating, I guess. Yeah, and I guess last week we had Ozuma play. Um, again, didn't do too much. Uh, Johnny came in yesterday, looked lively at times, but they did put some heavy tackles in on him, didn't they? Mm. I think the ref was a bit slow to to punish them for that. But yeah, I guess you look across there, I don't think Johnny scored for us yet either, has he? Mm. So you're looking around the pitch for goals. I know Gallagher's chipped in a few already this year. Um, Yeah, just don't seem to be coming at the moment do they mm, certainly I mean uh, there were two goals yesterday of course both unfortunately for for Wigan Athletic and it was Dunkley a carbon copy almost of, of, of each goal because there were corners over towards the far post um, the first one you look at it looks like Deji Oshilaj sort of man marking then Gallagher's coming back to try and sort of get into that area um, but somehow it sort of dropped on the edge of the six yard box and, and volleyed home I mean that's the sort of defending that I mean Bo says it himself in his post we don't we're not really used to that I think we conceded from a set piece against uh uh, against Blackburn and against Forest, but it's not something we've seen too often over the course of the last year or so. So it was surprising to see us one that soft, um, you know, be volleyed home by by a central defender. Yeah, I guess you can put it down to uh, both players are probably looking at the man rather than looking at the ball. So rather as Dunkley's followed the trajectory of the ball coming down, checked it back and just smashed his leg at it. Great finish into the corner. Rather, Oshelaja could maybe see that where where it's going a bit more uh, and try and clear our lines. But, um, yeah, I guess we made a hash of both corners. And I think they also had another corner, which they hit the post yeah, with Mark as well. Yeah, hit the post on the, uh, on the far side. That was a really sort of difficult chance, but you yeah, did quite well to direct it back. back. And then, yeah, like I so, say, so having conceded one like that in the first half then we've just bought on an EK and, and, and McCauley Bond and then you're thinking right we need to make sure we're tight here so we can have a run at trying to find a leveller in the last 20 minutes and then it's a very similar one and that, that is going to cause you know ask some questions again the, the fact that's happened twice in one game yeah as you said I can't I can't remember too many times where we've been beaten by corners uh, or looked susceptible to conceding at a corner um but yeah, I mean, again, the guy who's taken it is regarded as one of the best set-piece specialists in the league in Charlie Mulgrew. Um, so are we looking at it and think, do you know what, they were two good balls into the box? Or is it something Bayer's now going to try and address in the week? But again, it's maybe are we looking at, we change the back, the back four for this game and are people not used to their positions setting up for a corner so is it is it a case of that to be fair yeah. well yeah we'll uh we'll, we'll discuss that more i mean i mean looking at the, the performance itself throughout the first half in particular um i mean as well as i, I felt that wigan weren't creating too much from open play but i felt you know reasonably solid defensively but then obviously let ourselves down at set pieces but going the other way i mean again i mean Bowie will say it himself in his interview but we were not putting passes together we were giving the ball away quite a lot within our own half there was one where again it was also larger actually i feel like i'm picking on him which is bad because i quite like him as a player but it was one where he he gave it away i think to jacobs in the inside our own half and he had to be sort of let off the hook by darren prattley you know just our passing and movement that it i mean it was disappointing that when we were getting into their half we weren't creating too much of it but it was very rare that we were getting into their half because we just couldn't seem to keep the ball. I mean, was it Wigan pressing us a little bit, putting us under a bit of pressure? Was it just that we just were not at the races? I think it was a bit of both, really. I think Wigan are a well-drilled side. They did press us well. 
but yeah, we just couldn't didn't seem to string a few passes together. I mean, we'd normally we had Field there last week, and I think Field played well up until uh, the second half, where he did uh, obviously made a mistake for the goal against Birmingham. So again, it's different players in different roles. We didn't see the normal Josh Garland making his bursting runs forward. Uh, again, I think Wigan looked at that area and probably thought, here we go, Charlton are good in this area. So they did press us high up the field. And even when we tried to get down the wing, they had two pacey fullbacks and they were stopping Leco get down. Yeah, we just, just couldn't get our momentum going. It was a flat first half. I think our best chances came towards the end of the first mm. half, didn't they, in that injury time? Yeah, we, yeah. All, we forced a couple of corners towards the, the half-time interval. But again, without really actually doing anything with them is, is probably... Uh, fair to say. I mean, there were points that could have been turning points in that game, and we've, we we mentioned again. I mean, that that ball on, on Naby Saras, the corner came over, and that ended up with it falling to uh, Gallagher outside the box. His shot fell into the path of Tom Lockyer, who perhaps, I mean, if if, if that falls to a striker, you're thinking that's a goal. It falls to a defender who sort of dragged it wide. But first of all, I mean, the the pull on Naby Saras, you've seen it back a couple of times. I mean, all the fans behind the goal saw it in real time as well. I mean, it was a clear pull, and how the referee didn't see that. Oh yeah, big questions being asked. Yeah, it's blatant. I mean, <laughs> as you said, the ref standing right there. What more do you need to do to, to get a penalty? He's just pulling a nabby shirt, especially the ball was coming right in that area as well. Guy's not looking at the ball at all, just pulled nabby shirt. And it's just, as we're saying, going to talk later on about VAR, <laughs> it would have been a, a blatant penalty on, on VAR, no question about it. And yeah, Lockyer, I know it just comes to him, but it would be gutted he hasn't mm. put that on target, yeah. really. Yeah, I mean, that, that that corner all came about after what was actually quite a nice move down the right from, from Oshir Larger. Um, and this is where I do, I do like Deji. I think getting forward down the right-hand side, he can look he can look quite lively. And he put in a really tasty-looking cross, and Hemed was sort of lurking there, and Dunkley uh, did really well to put it over his own bar. So he's not just scoring goals, he's actually defending them quite well as well. But that was the sort of incisive, the flash of incisive play that we hadn't seen at all, really, other than a couple of times in the first half. And we started to see a little bit more of, in particular when we were 2-0 down, but perhaps didn't see enough of it throughout the course of the game. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, we... We as away fans, I can't remember too many times where we kind of got off our seats. Like, here we go, here we go. A good chance. Like, let's keep singing. We're going to make another chance here. Because straight away after that, we didn't counteract on taking the ascendancy in the game. It, we just went flat again and they came at us. So, yeah, I like Deji going forward. He's a he's a powerful guy. Um, and he put in a couple good crosses yesterday. Uh, I think his uh, marking was a bit poor yesterday. But other than that, those were our kind of chances where we, we kind of got us a bit mm. fans off our seats and thought, here we go. But we just never gained on from that yeah and David Marshall in the Wigan in the Wigan goal did make two or three excellent saves once it was 2-0 and you just think again I mean it's it, tight margins in games if one of those goes in and all of a sudden we're up and you know we, we've broken our I'm going to call it a goal duck of, of two games like you know we, we, we've got a goal we've proven that we can we can do it without Lyle Taylor um, I mean obviously one of the, the main talking points just say was the fact that obviously we now we know we're without Taylor now for what people are saying eight to ten weeks now that's a, the first numbers I've seen put on it and you know we've no idea if they're accurate because no one from the club has come out and said that publicly but if we are then we know we're going to have to rely on certain players I mean one we saw yesterday Hemed he had a, a chance early on where again it was Deji had got down the right hand side I'm not sure if you would have been able to see quite how 
clear-cut a chance that was from the away end but he, he did have a little bit of space sort of around the penalty spot when that cross came in but it just it just didn't get his timing right and he just sort of dragged it wide um but I mean are, are you seeing more from Hamid yet from from what you're expecting is it still too early days I mean we're still we're looking at his second start now um it's still obviously he's, he's no Lyle Taylor but no one is apart from Lyle Taylor unfortunately so what what are you thinking about his sort of early performances so far yeah, in a way, I guess it is unfair to judge him because he's only two games in. But the pressure is on someone like that now because although he probably, again, well, no one expected him to to like be playing regularly now because of Lars' injury, he is. So the pressure is on him to prove himself. Um, I, I personally, I don't think he's doing too much. I think he can be doing better. He can be putting himself about a little bit more, but... Yeah, it's just, what do we do? Do we try another formation to help him? Do we put another striker up there with him? Because sometimes Leko's up there with him, but then sometimes Leko's on the wing, which is more his position. Um, or do we try try and start with Bond next week? Or try and start with Aniki? Because I don't think Aniki has started yet. Um, but at the moment, I don't think he's done enough yet, Hamed. He doesn't, doesn't look sharp enough does he yeah I mean you talk about I mean decisions to be made then so I mean the only way he's going to get his match fitness is by playing uh, games but you sort of talked about how he doesn't really see Anike as playing the same sort of striker role he sees Anike more more as a 10 and Hemed more as a 9 so you can see why it's probably set up that way um, do you agree with that do you think do you think Anike could play, play the, the main striker role would you like to see him on up there alongside uh I'd maybe like to see him alongside Bon up there. I know we saw it very briefly um, a couple uh, yesterday, uh, and to be fair, when they both come on, I thought they both looked lively yesterday. Um, you can see Bon was lacking a bit of confidence because there was one chance where Bon seemed like he was through. If he hits it first time, could have a good shot on goal, but he squared it. And we're talking about a guy who scored a lot of goals last season. Look, I know it was non-league, but. You'd think a striker in a good um, area like that would would shoot first time and go for it. But, yeah, I mean, we are obviously lacking some options up there. But if we can mix it up, maybe trying to help him by putting players closer to him, I don't know, Hermed. But he just seems to be a bit non-existent up there. Mm. Um, Whether that's down to not getting the service, but he just doesn't seem to be doing enough to... To warrant a place, I, I guess a lot of people are um, looking at other options, calling for Bond to start next week. I uh, saw a, a Twitter poll; people said they'd like Bond to start next week. Um, but it's how how we can work him mm. starting because Bond will probably exactly do the same because he's not a big presence, is he? So if you did have someone like Aniki in front of him, that could work. But Leeds are quite a physical big side, aren't they? As well, yeah. so. Yeah, I forgot we've got Leeds coming up next. Yeah, that'll be a very tough one. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll put it out there, of course. We, we talked about it a little bit on Thursday, but we still would like to know who you would like to see up front with Hemed or instead of Hemed. You know, how would you like to play it? Obviously, you've got Macaulay Bourne, who's uh, a bit of a unknown quantity still at this level, fair to say. Um, and EK, has, who hasn't started yet, but has looked lively at times, has had quiet games other times when he's come off the bench. So, you know, let us know. Studio at charltonlive.co.uk. Uh, you can tweet us at charltonlive or you can head over to the Charlton Live forum to have your say on which strikers you'd like to see uh, involved over the next few weeks. I mean, and EK, we ever talk, talk a little bit more about him because he was more lively yesterday. He had one of his 
one of his more busy games when he came on. Um, I like I like him as a, as a player. I think he's, he, again he's got a presence, but he seems to like to run with the ball. He's quite direct. You know, he, again a player who scored a lot of goals last season. Um, so we know he can finish. We'd I personally would like to see a bit more of him now. I think I think the time is now for him, maybe even to be pushing for a start. Yeah, I think he's offering more. Obviously, he's a bit deeper, but he's offering more than Hemed. Um, and yeah, he, he's a presence. So can we use that strength that he's got to our advantage? He came on against Reading and for me, helped us to get... Well, we got our second goal winning the penalty, but at a time where Reading started to press us, um, Aniki come on in that game and looked really lively. But we've had some uh, Jekyll and Hyde performances from him of late. When he's come off the bench, he's looked... Oh, yeah, thinking, ah... Oh, Last week you looked really good against Reading, and mm. like this week you like like poor touch, bouncing off his feet. You think, ah, oh. and then yesterday, as you said, he come on. We're like, look, we were on the ascendancy with him coming on and looking lively, but he's got to be allowed a chance to show what he can do from the start. And Hemed's had two lots of ninety minutes. Is well, maybe the answer is playing Aniki just behind Hemed or up there with him to try and help him. Or trying another striker up there with him as well. Uh, but yeah, I think you've got to be fair to the guy and give him a start. Give him 90 minutes to show what he can do. Mm. Uh, we, we talked about Jonathan Lecco a little bit earlier. But another one of our players who you'd expect to be the man running forward with the ball, creating those chances, is of course Johnny Williams. We know all about him as a player. Um, he, he, he did get a fair bit of rough treatment yesterday. There was a couple of times he was he was down uh, having, having been challenged heavily. There was one actually by Sam Morsey, sort of in the first half where I was shocked that Morsey didn't get a yellow card. And then minutes later, Morsey did get one uh, for a foul on someone else. Can't remember who. And I was thinking, well, really, he should have been off the pitch, in my opinion, anyway. But, I mean, Williams, uh, if the other team sort of know know what to expect from him, I guess they go and try and make it as hard as possible for him. Yeah, I guess Wigan are known to be a physical side, aren't they? So they're obviously going to target someone like him who they know... He kind of plays a free role across the middle there, doesn't he? Give him the ball, um, head down, and he goes. Yeah, we didn't see that too much from him yesterday, but uh, he did get hit quite a few times by them. So, yeah, I guess teams like that do target a player who they know um, is going to be a danger to them. And, uh, yeah, so I read the manager's comments. He was quite... um, uh, what's the word? Uh, quite positive about us before the game, and said that we're obviously a quite a credible side. And um, yeah, he d- seemed to do his homework because he kept kept our players quite quiet, didn't he? Mm, yeah, he certainly did. Uh, I mean, there was, there, we talked about a couple of changes. There was four changes in uh, in total. I mean, we, we, I said on Thursday, you know, Jason Pierce had, had suffered a a slight niggle, so we weren't sure whether he was going to play. Now, he didn't play, although, again, interesting comments from Bayer after, because I'm not sure it's entirely due to the niggle. I feel like there was a little bit of, well, you know, Sars a, a decent player. There's no point taking a risk. I don't mind rotating just to keep everyone fresh. Um, comments on Naby Sar yesterday? I mean, obviously, uh, if I'm looking at the goals, I mean, I don't think either of the, the, the goals came from his man, so I don't think you can really be blamed for that. But I mean, I saw a, we've got a couple of comments that are coming in, which we're, we're going to come to later about him. What Your views on him? Yeah, he, he did look a bit shaky, didn't he? He was like, the old Naby Sar came out a little bit where we're kind of, when he gets the ball, we're just a bit nervous about it. And um, I mean, his ball distribution is is brilliant. Like We saw it last year. Um, he can play some quality balls. Uh, but yeah, yesterday he did seem a bit shaky. Um, 
his awareness around him was a bit uh, need, uh what's the word? Was well, it, was, just, it was a bit off. You, yeah, yeah, he just he was a bit off. Um, I mean, the, the only thing I will say is, I mean, I'm still, I mean, you mentioned it yourself at the start of the show. I'm still thinking, like, in terms of open play chances, other than long shots, we did deny them too many and it was set pieces that, that was our downfall yesterday I think there was one one two with Jamal Lowe and uh, Akifa Moore on the edge of the box in the in, in the first half where they had their first effort on goal I, I still think it's, it was a weird one for us because normally we're so good at set pieces and not wouldn't normally expect to be carved open but it was just it felt like it was the opposite yesterday like certainly we, we were softer at set pieces I think um you know, I think overall, I don't, I don't think we were too bad in terms of, of setting up at the back. It's just for some reason we were asleep at set pieces, and uh, and not not ourselves going forward in 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 the first half, which was slightly um, frustrating to see. Um, Deji, like I said, Deji came in for Solly. I mean, I'm guessing that wasn't for an injury. Bose didn't say anything about an injury. I mean, judging the merits of, of Deji over, over Solly, I mean, obviously we've got Adam Matthews in the wingers as well. Yeah, I guess I guess it comes down to as you say, Bowie is trying to manage the players a, a lot better. Um, the championships probably a more physical and a more demanding league, so players that we've seen over the last few years that do pick up niggles and uh, maybe can't do three games in seven days. I, I know we haven't had that uh, the last week, but we we've got that coming up. So are we trying to keep players a bit more fresh, like Jason Pierce, who's suffered with injuries before? Obviously, Solly's well known for. The injuries he had um so it's a bit of giving a player a go maybe and seeing how they're going to react um but also i mean that key for more he's a big guy and he so and they were a, they're a strong side so was Bo trying to set up in a way that right we'll go physical toe-to-toe with them to stop them having many chances but um it's hard, isn't it? I mean, we're only a few games into the season and these players haven't had much games mm. to draw confidence from. I mean, Naby hasn't played much, so he's coming into the game a bit raw. Um, do we use some of these players to play in under-23 games to build up a little bit of match finish? I know Leeds obviously have been in the news last week for playing a lot of um, experienced players in their under-23 games to get them ready for... Uh, the full game so should we be doing that so when these players come in to step in for niggles that Pierce has had and Solly may have do we tr- like get these players ready in these games so that when they do come in if they are making mistakes they can't be like oh I was a bit rusty because I'm not match fit or whatever mm. um, I think we did see a bit of that yesterday from Oshelaja and Saar they did seem a bit rusty because the last game I saw Oshelaja play was it the Forest game at home and he was brilliant down there. Like, I thought he was brilliant going down the wing, whereas yesterday he did seem a bit rusty. There's someone else who came in yesterday was Darren Prattley. He got given the captain's armband. He was involved in a, uh, a bizarre incident in the first half. Now, obviously, we know there's this a few new rules that have come in this year, like the fact that you can... Uh, you don't have to be outside the box when it's your team's uh, goal kick, for example. Another one is the uncontested drop ball rule. Now, this is a weird one in terms of when... The referee has had to stop play for an injury, which we saw yesterday. Normally, the referee... Well, last season, if no, if it's a drop ball, normally a team will put their hand up and say, you had the ball, 
let the ref drop it at us. I'll kick it down to your goalkeeper. Now, sometimes there's a disagreement between the players and then they'd have a contested drop ball. So some, every now and then you see last season, the referee would drop the ball, two players would kick at each other. It's quite entertaining. Then the ball would bounce away and, and we carry on. Now, because they've now changed the rules and it's now an uncontested drop ball, it means it's up to the referee to decide who's going to take the ball. Now, the situation yesterday was in the first half. And I can't actually remember who had possession, but judging by it, I think Wigan had possession, uh, but Charlton were more than happy, or, or perhaps it was slightly contested in the middle of the park, and the referee had, dropped, had stopped the play anyway. So the, Charlton put, said, we will give you the ball back. So they thought that the referee was going to drop the ball to Darren Prattley and we were going to kick it back. Then the referee made it clear that he was going to drop it to Wigan, Michael Jacobs, I think it was. So Prattley said to the, uh, the, the captain, Sam Morsey, the Wigan captain, look, we'll kick it back to you. Why don't you just get Jacobs to touch it to me and I'll boot it down. And it appeared that had been agreed, judging by the reaction of Darren Prattley as Michael Jacobs took the ball and ran past him. Prattley, I could, I could tell, I'm a lip reader, but it's not something I could uh, say on the show. <laughs> I, could, I could tell what Prattley called him as he was chasing him. Now, Michael Jacobs has a dreadful shot. It goes miles off target. I could, and again, you can see it coming a mile off. Prattley's still running after him, and he just barges into him with his chest. Now, Jacobs doesn't make too much of it, but then another Wigan player, I think it was there, Williams, comes up to him. As a go at him, Prattley sort of puts his hand on his head and sort of to shoo him off, and the guy goes down like he's been shot. Now, I mean, as a controversial incident, luckily the referee decided not even to dish out a yellow card there, but... It poses a lot of questions about this new drop ball rule because I don't think it's really been realised that the reason you had contested drop balls in the first place is because sometimes you can't decide whose ball it is. So sometimes the two teams are going to disagree and sometimes the referee is going to make a decision to give a team a chance to have a free run at the edge of the box from within our half. Now that doesn't seem right, does it? Seems a bit ridiculous to be fair because if you're, if you're getting a ball in that position where they were in our own half, then, then we've got to set up our lines quickly and they're, they're straight away on the ascendancy. As you said, the way Prattley was playing it, look, I'll just kick it back to you from your defensive line. That's fair. You can't just, I mean, you said it was a referee's choice to stop the play because of something. Like, you can't, can't do that, surely. I mean, we're not all set up for it. Mm, yeah, well, there we go. Um, so, right, come on, like, we, need, we need to think about, right, we're... We, we, We've lost two games now. The unthinkable has happened. Uh, well, we're eight games into the season. So we're down to seventh. It's still early days. Yeah, I just wonder if we've lost the last two games in a row. If, say, we'd lost our third game and then we lost our seventh game and then yesterday we got a point. So we'd had exactly the same results but spread over a different sort of run. Obviously, we wouldn't be feeling as low as we are now. There's also the fact that we're doing it without Lyle Taylor and that's been the clear difference between... The, the previous six games and the last two is the fact that we've lost our star striker and all of a sudden we haven't scored two goals. So it's hard, it's hard to work out if we're overreacting because everything's happened in the last two weeks or are we? do we need to just try and put everything in perspective and think, look, we have started well. We have shown that we can play in this division. Of course, we're going to have to show it without Lyle Taylor, but we have shown, you know, Lyle Taylor is 1-11th of a football team. We've shown that 10 out of the 11 players over the, over the first six games have been good enough. Yeah, no, definitely. I think, at the end of the day, these last two games that we've lost, we haven't got battered by a team in it. We haven't got overruled by a possession. Or, um, like, as I said yesterday, I can't think of any saves that Dylan really was made into where he thought, cool, I'm glad he said that one, otherwise I was going in. Uh, so we can take positives from the fact that, look, yesterday was 2-0, two corners, we've been beaten by 
Birmingham game was 1-0. Um, we're not getting beaten big by these teams at all. We're, we're still showing our worth in a league where it is tough. We've only just been promoted. Um, so we got to remember that. It's a whole new squad getting together. Um, we haven't had a consistency with the lineup last few games because of injuries uh, as well. Uh, I don't know if there was an injury to Otsumi yesterday, but um, I was disappointed not to see him on the bench because the Nottingham Forest game, he looked brilliant. Last week, he was um, a bit, bit flaky in his performance, but another player who brings a bit of excitement. I don't think we had that yesterday. I, there was nothing on the bench really that we else we could bring on. Normally you bring on free subs, don't you, when you're going for the mm -hmm. game. Um, unfortunately, we didn't have that yesterday. But yeah, I think we can take positives from it, as you said. The last two games we've lost, uh, and the first was it first six games we went undefeated. So it's kind of if those losses were in between there, we'd we'd have a different mindset. Football's all about confidence, isn't it? And if you lose your last two games, your mindset changes, and um, then you start thinking, oh, we're going to lose the next game. But um, yeah, I think our next three games now are are bigger games, aren't they? We got Leeds coming up now, who obviously favourites to get promoted so it's it's how we can change our mindset around because the quality is there we've seen that in the first six games mm. it's uh, how we can turn Don't read around too, read too much into the fact it was Wigan's first win since the opening day they'd had a, a struggling season do you worry too much about that early early season form I mean teams in the championship we know they can beat anyone can beat anyone it's probably way too early to start saying, oh, Wigan must be relegation fodder because they'd had a slightly difficult start to the season. But you know, do you read too much into that at this moment? No, I, I don't read too much into that at all. I think, look at the bottom two in the championship at the moment, Huddersfield and Stoke with one point and Stoke have got two points. I mean, look at the quality of those two squads and they're right down the bottom. So I think it's still very early doors. Um, it's still so hard to call. And as you say, anyone can beat anyone. And it wouldn't surprise me, Charlton being Charlton, we lose two games like that and go and beat Leeds at home next week. And then everyone will forget about those two losses mm -hmm. and we'll, we'll be on a confidence buzz again. Right, excellent stuff. Right, we're going to hear from Lee Bowyer in a few seconds time. But don't forget, we want to know what you think as well of yesterday's performance. Who stood out for you? Uh, who would you like to see in or out of the team? Anything like that. Email us, studio at charltonlive.co.uk. You can tweet us at charltonlive or you can head over to the Charlton Life Forum uh, to have your say on yesterday's performance. Now, I caught up with the manager, uh, Lee Bowyer, after yesterday's game. And the Addicts boss uh, said that disappointing wasn't a strong enough word to describe his size display um, yeah disappointing is an understatement um, it's the worst we've played since I've been in charge uh, first 45 minutes was so bad we couldn't put three passes together and, and that ain't us and, um, and to lose the game on two set pieces which is also not us we normally defend so well on set pieces, but um, centre half scores two goals. A volley from inside the six-yard box shouldn't be possible. Uh, header from inside, free header from inside the six-yard box shouldn't be possible. So yeah, really disappointed. But we created chances and enough chances to get something from the game for sure but we're just not ruthless in, enough in front of goal today and last week was the same 
So, uh, yeah, the keeper made some great saves. Um, we should have had a penalty. Uh, foul on Naby in the second half. So, um, yeah. But for me, just just not good from from start to finish. There's there's no positives really. It's that's the worst we've played since since I've been in charge and wasn't good enough. What do you think has been the difference over the last couple of weeks? Of course, Lyle Taylor's out, but I don't think just one player can can uh, explain everything. No, because we still created chances. Uh, so yeah, nothing's really changed. We're still creating chances, but we're just not taking them. We had enough chances to win the game last week, and, and I think today, I think Tom Lockyer could have had that trick. Like, so yeah, it's to be more ruthless. That's as simple as that. Um, for as bad as what we played, we still should have got something out of the game. Obviously after the start you had, it's, it'd be way too early to, to start getting carried away having having two defeats as well. Yeah, like, like I said, this is going to happen in, in this division. Um, that's why I was saying what, three or four weeks ago, people were being stupid when they made suggestions like we're going to oh yeah, be in the Promotion, try and get promotion, and we'll be in the hunt for it. And people just talking pure rubbish. It's a tough league, and, and we're going to come to places like this, and, and it's going to be difficult for us. Um, you have to earn the right to, to, to play and, and win games, and today we didn't do that. You were forced to make a couple of changes today, in particular with Jason Pearson. You said towards the end of, of last week he had a, a slight knock. Was that what kept him on the bench today? Um, not really. Uh, obviously, he's, he's, he's got a bit of a niggle, but I'm, I've got to look ahead. Like we've got Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday next week, so I have to try and have as, everybody as, as fit as they possibly can be for, for them three tough games. So. Um, so yeah, but Naby's come in and Naby's a good player. Not weakened us in any way. So uh, yeah, it was just something that I thought that, that was the right thing to do. If you lose Pierce today and he's out for three weeks, and all of a sudden we've got one centre half that's got to try and play Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday. It's, it's difficult. You talk about that that tough week that's coming up, and as you said, you're able to sort of. Move your squad around a little bit for it, but it just shows the uh, the division that you're in now. That these are the weeks you're going to have. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be tough. I think uh, every game, but games that we've we've gone and won have been tough. Uh, the last two we've lost have been tough, so there ain't going to be no easy ones. And yeah, and, and nothing changes for us. Our aim is the same in division. I've been saying it from day one. Nothing's changed. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be okay. We'll be fine, I'm sure. And just finally, from me, there's no Otsuma and no Kyle in the squad today. Are they are they both okay? Or who say? Erin uh, Otsuma and no Beren Kyle. No, because at the moment Ben Puritan's got a bit of a bit of an injury as well. So I, was, I had to leave someone at home, and and I thought, I well, I had to cover the. The, the, the defensive situation on, on the bench. Um, so I, I left off Soma at home and um, 
Kyle, he, he pulled out after training yesterday. So, yeah, he's saying he's, he's groin. So, yeah, he's um, he wasn't fit for today. Thank you. Could you expand a little bit on the penalty incident? What, what was it in particular that you thought was, uh, was a penalty? Was it the Navi Sar? Yeah, Navi Sar, yeah. So Navi Sar run off there, defender, and he blatantly just pulled him back. It's blatant penalty. Ref's looking straight at it, don't know why he don't give it. Um, and that was at 1 0. The game changes then, you know. So. That's, that's a small detail in, in 90 minutes. We, we, we didn't do enough to to win that game today. Created chances, didn't take. And then they have lost 2-0 and, and we wasn't good enough to that. It was a bit of a touchy game, obviously. Um, both teams felt that they had uh, decisions to go against them in the sense that they didn't get what they thought they deserved. Uh, was that little scuffle between Prattley and Williams. Uh, it just didn't seem like a, a game that was ever really getting started. It just kept on getting stop start, particularly in the first half anyway. Well, it was very similar to last week's game. Um, but you've got two teams that want to win and, and they do everything that they can to win the game. So did they do anything wrong? I don't think they did. I think they're, they're trying to win the game and, and just as much as we are so um, yeah, I've got no complaints with the way they played they had two teams that, that put their bodies two sets of players that put their bodies on the line and, and tried to win and they came out on top With Macaulay Bond he came off uh, came on sorry uh, during the uh, second half uh, do you see him getting more starts, or are you still thinking that he needs to come to the bench more and gradually get into it? Yeah, I think we need to we need to bed him in. I think he's improving. Um, for his movement today, he got into a great area, should have shot. But that's that's where we need to improve him in that little that final split second decision making. Just tidy up tidy up in, in, in them areas but his movement was good which obviously is something we've been working on so yeah he's, he's heading in the right direction like I said when he, we signed him he's, at the end of the day we've got to be patient with him <laughs> How um, what do you make of his progress between when he first signed to now you know as a, a long-term project, someone who you feel that can obviously have the potential to do a lot more. What, what do you make of his progress since he first signed? I think his progress has been good. I think he's improved quicker than I thought he would. Um, he's taken on board what we're telling him. So for me, his, his progress is good. He, he's moving in the right direction. I think you see out there today. And against Barnsley, when he come on, he caused a bit of a problem with his movement. So, like I said, we just need to improve that final bit because he can finish. The lad can finish. So we've just got to tidy up on other, other parts of his game. But it's not fair to chuck him in when uh, he's not fully ready. Got these next, obviously, a team that you uh, played some of your career at and. It's going to be a tough game, obviously, with uh, these pushing for promotion 
going into that game, what are your thoughts on how you're going to come up against a team like that? How are you going to prepare? The same as I would any other game, nothing changes. I'm going to prepare to try and win the game. Just like I did for this week, just like I did for last week, just like I did for the six or five games before that, nothing changes. They're a good team, so are Wigan. Every team's got strengths, every team's got weaknesses. So that includes us. So that, nothing's going to change. We're still going to prepare, prepare as professional as we can for, for Leeds on, on, on the weekend. These drop or restarts seem to be causing a bit <coughs> no, to be fair, and it, it, it wasn't good, was it? Because their fella, like the ref told our player to go away. And we was going to give it back to him. It was obviously their ball. Yeah. So we was going to kick it back to him like what normally happens. But then the ref said we have to go away. And then so our player obviously thought that they was going to give it to us to kick it back, you know. But... Obviously not, then the lad just run through and had a shot. <laughs> it's like, hold on. Is this a new rule? Like, can you just let him do that? Both telling our players to move out of the way so he can just go and run and have a free shot. Like, that ain't right. Yeah, I think something needs to be done about that. <laughs> why, 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 why change it? Just keep it how it was. Like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Trying to, break something, uh, trying to fix something that ain't even broken. So, everyone knew the rules before. Like, it, if it's their ball, then you kick it back to them and then you play again. But now it's complicating things. But maybe someone's bored somewhere. <laughs> they just want to tamper with it. I don't know. It's crazy. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Cullen trying to take his man on. Chip ball back across, Bowers there, pierces there, Bowers with a header, and it's John! Yes! 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 Oh, he's got Oh, Patrick Barr! The absolute German beauty! Woo! Dreamland! Charlotte have scored! With seconds remaining! We've done it, Tom! Get in! Come on! What a time to be here, here at Wembley! So welcome back, this is Charlton Live on your Sunday evening, the Addicts Boss Libo, you're talking to myself and a couple of others after yesterday's defeat uh, up at Wigan Athletic. Um, yeah, described it, you know, I think in particular the first half as the worst we've played since he's been in charge. I mean, do you think that's fair? I can't remember too many worse than that, to be honest. 
<laughs> yeah, he sounded so down, didn't he? Um, <laughs> yeah, well, it's, when someone says that, you're like, normally you turn around and we've gone, oh, blimmin' it, that's the worst I've seen us play in, like, ages. Normally that's when you're coming back after a game of you lost 4 or 5 nil or something. I mean, yesterday we lost 2 nil to to two set pieces and uh, I think it was just the case we we didn't get off our seats to kind of think here we go we go oh like we didn't have any of them did we mm. really um so yeah he, he was just he just sounded so frustrated didn't he yesterday yeah. that we just didn't really um we weren't ruthless enough and then yeah the chances we did create we just didn't make enough of them and uh yeah he just he sounded so disappointed yeah, talk, talking about Berham Kyle not being able to travel uh, hopefully that's something just minor by the sounds of it. But, I mean, he, it would have been interesting to see if he would have come on yesterday, Jake Forster-Kasky, instead on the bench. Um, you know, would he have been able to make a difference yesterday if he was if he was available? I'd, I wouldn't think so. Um, not being rude to Jake or anything, but he's more of a defensive midfielder, I'd say, really, isn't yeah. he? Whereas Kai Al's come to us as an attacking midfielder. So he's definitely one we'd be looking to bring on in an opportunity when we're we're trying to chase a goal. Uh, so that's, that is really frustrating in itself that, again, he's not able to play because we've had him for a while now. And just when he was able to play, uh, he's now not able to play again. Mm. So, uh, yeah, you can understand why Bo's frustrated about that. Mm, yeah, he talks about Macaulay Boyne as well. I mean, we, we've touched on him already, but um, sounds like he's, he's impressed with what we've seen in terms of an improvement from the start of the season. He's, he's going the right way. Hopefully, he'll be in a position where, you know, because we do need other options off the bench as a striker. So hopefully, he'll be able to uh, to, to be one that, that can be involved a little bit more as well. And like I say, Chucks as well. Uh, Hemed uh, need, needs a few more games. So let, let's just hope that this uh, this goal blip, as, as we'll call it, two games, let's not get carried away, uh, will end soon. Hopefully, we'll get four against Leeds. That seems like the, the thing to do. Now, 100% Charlton uh, sent us a tweet um, yesterday asking us to talk about the uh, uh, poll that they did on Twitter. Um, 74% of his respondents, of his 367 respondents, would like to see Macaulay Bond start against uh, Leeds on Saturday. I think, do you think that is a lot of people just thinking, I'd like to see, you know, something a little bit different? I mean, because, I mean, with, with, with all due respect to Macaulay, we've seen him twice in, in two sub-appearances, probably seen him for about 40 minutes in total. He hasn't scored yet, of course. He hasn't really had many chances. He had a couple of ones yesterday, one on the turn from the edge of the box, and I'd say that one where he went through one-on-one, where he probably should have shot. Um, but, you know, I think the fact we haven't scored, I think that's sort of colouring people's opinion as to why we would like to see a change. I think straight after a game, as well as when he's done the part, we're all frustrated, aren't we? We're all thinking, ah, oh, gutted that we didn't win. So we're jumping at an opportunity to think, all right, quick, shove him in. Yeah, yeah, he, he could be the answer. Um, and, yeah, he's he's a raw talent. He hasn't been tried. Um, this is uh, He's now in the championship. So, I mean, he's someone we can get excited about. He's, he's fast. He gets in behind the defenders. Uh, looking at a few of his goals last season, he scored some great goals. Um, I know that, again, it's non-league, but... We've got yeah, we've got to give these players a go. So uh, we've we've had two performances from Hemed now, home and away, um, and he hasn't really given us anything uh, to go for yet. Uh, so do we do we give Bon a chance? Well, he is someone that, as I say, he's a nippy striker, gets in behind, but he's he hasn't had much mat fit match fitness. So is Bowie attempted? I don't know if we've got an under twenty threes game tomorrow. Um, do we give Bonner a go in that, give him a bit of confidence, see if he can score and see how he does. And then if he does well, yeah. 
give him a go Saturday. Should have played him in the Vets game today, just to get his minutes up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right, Mitch tweeted in yesterday, just back home from the DW. Think this fella said it all, and it's just a picture of someone who appears to be asleep in the uh, in the stands <laughs> at the, the DW Stadium. Uh, Jamie says Dylan Phillips and Naby Sarr both are not good enough for the championship. Amos deserves a go. I mean, we haven't mentioned Dylan at all yet, but I mean, nothing really stood out for me from yesterday about him not doing something right. I mean, you look at the two corners. They were probably ones that you'd expect. That, I mean, you, they weren't that close to him. I mean, what, what, was there anything particularly that stood out for you from Dylan yesterday? I don't I don't remember ever thinking that he was having a bad game, to be fair. It's hard to call from a, a corner like that because it's so congested. Um, the only other thing, if, if he tried to call for it, I don't think he did. Um, again, it's a whole new back four in front. Well, not a whole new back four, but you had... Nabi and uh, Deji fitting in there, so it's how obviously the keeper's trying to set up the defence for the corner. But no, I, I can't criticise Dylan at all from yesterday. Mm. Uh, right, um, thanks for that, Jamie. Talks about um, uh, Nabi already. The wave says Anike looked well, lively, strong, fast, confident, and Hesky-like, uh, but with awareness. He changed the dynamic, and he should start. We don't look right up front. Uh, Leko as a wild card could be used as a late super sub. Also, diamonds are not forever. Four four two in the with a flat midfield could rebalance things. Yeah, I mean, do you talk too much about the formation. Obviously, you know, it's a formation that we favoured a lot over the course of the last year. It's one we played. I mean, every now and then, Bose does switch it up. Um, he decided not to just say, would, would you have changed the formation? It's hard, to, it's hard to see how... It's hard to predict how much of a difference it would have made when, when we didn't change it, so... Yeah, and I guess as well, you heard Bowie there quite frustrated that we have players with knocks. I mean, he might have uh, changed up the formation... If Kaya was fit, he might have given Kaya a go, but sometimes his hands are tied whether whether or not what formation he can do. And the, the diamond has worked for us. So he went with that yesterday. So, yeah, again, it's, it's, it's hard to change. But, no, I agree with the guys coming up. Leko coming off the bench. Uh, last couple games, Leko hasn't looked as good. Definitely... I'd, I'd definitely be up for Chuck starting that next game. I think he's had a couple good sub appearances now. I'd like to see him start. Um, and if that is in the, um, in the spot of Leko, Leko, I think it'd be a good, if, if the game's not going our way, good set of legs to Yeah, I was going to say, he could, he could be very lively coming off the bench. But what I've liked about him at games so far this season, and I admit he hasn't had the best last couple of games but even yesterday I still think he put over a good cross for, for Lockyer and he, he he did a couple of bits in the first, he set up the chance for Hemed in the first half he did really well to win a corner just before half time um, what I do like the, the fact is because there has been games where we've started really well this season with Leko pushing teams onto the back foot I remember the Barnsley away game as one in particular of course that Forest game where we were unbelievable in that first half I do think you know it can be a bit of shock and awe in the first half when all of a sudden you're thinking right let's get ourselves settled into the game and you've got Charlton coming at you 90 miles an hour so yeah, I, I can see the argument for him coming off the bench but I can also see why Bayer would like to start him as well and like I say I rate him I do think he's someone who can do something out of nothing um, but sometimes obviously it doesn't always come off that's what being your, your tricky winger is all about and as Terry I think it was said last week or someone certainly said last week if he was going to do that consistently every game he'd still be at West Brom he wouldn't be with us and, and, that, and that's the situation right Ray said he's missing Charlton live this evening because he's playing snooker first he's doing a bit of exercise his first bit of exercise since the football to Amsterdam ride uh, back last year uh, so he's going to catch up with the podcast well yeah don't forget the football to Amsterdam I think it's signed, you can start signing up for next year now a few of us are saying we're going to do it so if you're in 
interested in that, drop uh, drop me a tweet and I'll direct you to the, towards the right people uh, and we'll think about it. Right, Mark says, yeah, I think we need to give Macaulay Bond a start over Tommy Hemmed. So that's another one uh, who'd like to see Macaulay coming in. George says, uh, play him if he's in the squad. He can't do any worse. Uh, how's he going to learn uh, at this level if you don't play him? Again, for Macaulay Bond. So a couple of people calling uh, for Bond. And Tom does the same. We need to start Bond and Chucks and EK rather than Hemed and Leko in the next game. Do you think that's a pairing that could work to go together? Yeah, yeah, I think it could. There's um, pace and power there. Um, and as I can't remember what you said, but someone tweeted there, Hemed hasn't shown us anything in the last two games. So... If you're Macaulay Bond and, and you're not getting a start, then knocking on Boya's door saying, come on, look, he's not doing anything worthwhile. Give me a go. I'll show you what I can do. So, um, again, it's, it's their application in training to show what they can do. I'm sure Boya's watching that and seeing. But, again, if, if we've got an under-23 game or a behind-closed-door friendly, let's give these guys some minutes to get some confidence behind them because... Yesterday, I thought we just looked a bit rusty with players who haven't had many minutes behind them so far. Mm, certainly. You're right. Tony would give uh, Bon a go as well. Might, he might surprise someone. Uh, he could be a diamond in the rough. He says Chucks and Ike also deserves a fair, a fair crack of the whip. 100%. Charlton again. Everyone's saying give him a go. Yes, give Bon a go. He scored goals for fun before coming to us. I know it's a big step up, but until he plays and gives it a go, how can we judge if he's ready or not? He might surprise us and Boya. He can't be any worse than what we're watching uh, at the moment. Ray, I said before the season started that Bon would be the surprise package, but he has to play first alongside Lyle Taylor uh, would be my choice. I'm guessing Ray's very patient then because we're not going to see Lyle <laughs> yeah, Taylor uh, for a while. Dimley says just do it. He's 24 next month he needs to start playing soon he's not a youngster he should be old enough now to handle the job in front of him it's professional football feed him to the wolves and see how he fares don't pussyfoot around the guy so a lot of people calling for Macaulay Bond Matt says I'd like us to see uh, to play Bond against Leeds and go for it we need to see two up top rather than one striker for me Chucks and Ike deserves his chance and could definitely do the Lyle role uh, if given time. Right, Martin uh, said, uh, I believe he said this in the ground to you as well, Benji. He said uh, we should not play Saar. Um, uh, the Saar of four years ago uh, when he first joined has reared its ugly head. He looked bereft of any confidence yesterday. We can't play the same system we do for Lyle with Hemed uh, because he just doesn't have the same work rate. So, I mean, yeah, Saar was talked about yesterday, I understand. Yeah, no, he, he did He did look shaky, didn't he? It, it, it was the old Saar where we kind of were nervous when he was touching the ball, but again I just I feel sorry for players that haven't had minutes behind them we're chucking them in there um, and then they are looking rusty but as me and you said earlier it wasn't a case of we were we were letting a goal in because of a mistake like that uh, so I, I, other than yeah, that, I do wonder if I mean but I'm sure I've been guilty of it in the past uh, there's, there's a, in the back of your mind you can remember that, that Naby Sar wasn't the best player uh, when he first joined, which is probably a, a fair statement, and the fact, and then when things start getting tough, people automatically think, well, maybe a certain player is, is back to their level. I, I just wonder if it's sort of a mental thing as well, because like I said I don't think he, I don't think he completely stood out yesterday. I thought tended to be reasonably solid at the back, but then I mean, um, Martin also mentioned about we can't play the same system. Uh, for Lyle, uh, for with Hemed as we do for Lyle, because he says he hasn't got the, the same work. I mean, you were you were just looking at some sort of some of his time with QPR last season. You thought he he, he was more often than not in a two up top. So you wonder if he suits that more. Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, I was just looking at um, 
him last season and he often had another striker with him. Uh, I think he scored seven goals in his time at QPR, but at the same time, the QPR fans weren't overly complimentary of him, so I don't really know how to read that one. It's, it's a hard one to call, isn't it? Because like, when we've had players before, we thought they're really good and then other teams would be like, what, he's rubbish. Like Someone yeah. like Prattley, I guess. we've He's become a... A real uh, good player for us of late, and uh, Bolton. You ask Bolton fans; they they thought Prally was rubbish, so it's it's hard to call. But is next week against Leeds? It's either going to be working Hemed in a different way, maybe putting more players around him if you're not going to put two up front, or starting Bon with him, maybe, mm. or starting Bon with Aniki, as we as we mm. said. So, yeah. well, Richard uh, Franco Franklin. Uh, says, are we all washing our hands of Hemet then after only two starts? He's a proven scorer at championship level, but is clearly lacking match sharpness due to a lack of football recently. Charlton need to develop a way to play without Lyle Taylor rather than expect someone to do the same job uh, he does. There was a bit of back and forth, and, and like Tony was saying, we're not washing our hands of him, but until he's up to full fitness, someone else deserves a chance. Uh, but then Richard says, well, how, how would he regain that match sharpness without playing? From what I've seen of him, he's completely different centre-forward to Lyle Taylor. Expecting him to hair round like Taylor does is simply ridiculous. If we're unprepared to change how we play in Taylor's absence, then maybe Bon is worth a try. So it is, again, people talking about whether we need to find a better system to suit um, to suit Tommy Hemed. Now, London Inigiza, I said, what do we need to do to turn around our luck from the last couple of games? Uh, London Inigiza says, the club needs to employ me. Simple as. Give me 30 grand a year, free travel, beer money and match ticket guaranteed not to lose ever. My record speaks to its, uh, speaks for itself. Get rid of the stats, people. Not needed. Just me and my powers. I've proved myself time and time again. It's simple. <laughs> London Inigiza has got like an incredible record of going yeah. to a lot of games without seeing us lose. So maybe, maybe that is the, the the job we need to take. I mean, I would I would take a job for that money. You get free free food, free match ticket. I'll, I'll be I'll be up for that. Right, Richard Justin. Why did we get so many midfielders in the window? It feels that we're unbalanced. So obviously we do have a lot of midfield options. The first thing, as we've seen, is I mean we need a squad in the championship. We we probably just about got away without having one last season in terms of we didn't often make too many changes. We didn't have that big a squad in the championship. You know. There's no room for, for manoeuvre, really. You get an injury and you need to have someone of a reasonable quality to come in and back them up. But, of course, we haven't perhaps yet got someone who's Lyle Taylor's quality, but at the same time, strikers like that don't grow on a tree, do they? So I guess you could argue that's why we might feel a bit unbalanced. Yeah, but these days, most clubs just play with one striker up front, don't they? And that's what we've been doing so far this season. So, I mean, we've got... If you'd count Aniki as a striker as well, we've got four strikers at the club. Um, and I'm sure we'll all feel a lot more positive if these other strikers had scored a goal for us. Then we wouldn't be looking around for other strikers. I guess we're looking at our options and thinking, oh, we haven't got much else because um, they've not done anything so far. But look, as, as the other guy said there, it's, it's, it's too early to judge Hemed yet. He has got a good record for Brighton and he did score goals last season in the championship so it's it's a case of us not getting carried away and and feeling and feeling down about the last two games but let's look for the positives and see what this guy can do it's, mm. there's still so many games left of the season and Lyle will be missing for as you said another six weeks 
to go now. So. Yeah, minimum probably, yeah. But we'll, we'll, we'll see as it goes. All right, Tim Jackson says, Oshilaja wanting to play as a first striker left us open on our right so many times and no one was covering him. Bond and Enike were both brilliant after coming on. Start them together next weekend up top. Hemed doesn't need time. He just needs dropping. Yeah. And then he says, play uh, Leko on the right of the midfield. Um Rag says, we've been on a long run. It can't last forever in terms of the uh, the defeats. So Lawrence Coleman again, another one who wants to see Bon uh, start against Leeds. Sebo, I'm putting things in perspective. We are still ahead of schedule when you get results like we have in the last two games. It's vitally important not to panic, particularly after promotion. It's also important not to get too high when we win or too low when we lose. The wise words of Alan Kerbishley there, I believe, Sebo. So, yeah, it certainly is. Like I say, if these two defeats had come dotted around the course of the season so far, we wouldn't be feeling how we do, but it's just everything sort of coming together at once, really. Two defeats and no Lyle Taylor. Jonathan Ackworth says, start Bon. And an EK, not Leko and Hemed for the next game. Right, we're going to have a quick break here on Charlton Live. We've still got your emails to come. Don't forget, we're also going to ask you whether you'd be in favour of VAR being introduced to the championship uh, because Lee Bowyer is. And we'll hear from him on that subject later on in the show. And it's going to break for Veta Kaley again in the area. Cross ball to Taylor! It's 3-1 and Charlton are running away with it here at the Valley. Charlton Live. Welcome back to Charlton Live here on Sunday evening. Sorry, Benji just got up and was wandering around the room. I don't think he realised how short the um, uh, the advert there. That was like, So that was Lyle Taylor's goal against um, uh, Luton last season. You can tell like, Lyle was really bored at the moment. Uh, sat at home because he can't go out we can't do any training of course with his injury he was going through Twitter he, mu- he somehow stumbled across one of my old tweets uh, talking about that that, that that game and that big commentary and Lyle was like I can't wait to get playing again to make Louis start screaming like a girl again so there we go something to look forward to uh, I, I'm looking forward to uh, to Taylor getting back in the team I do think we're, we're missing him so far uh, right a couple of emails uh, coming uh, McSquared uh, said uh, life without Lyle, and and this is one uh, an attempt at a pun here. It looks like we we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're going to yeah. <laughs> I've got to get back to the drawing board. We're looking aloofless. Uh, sorry, we're looking toothless uh, without Lyle. That must be of extreme concern as we're going to be without him uh, for some time. First of all, let's try and talk about Wigan. We're uh, turning it into we're going to. I mean, that doesn't work. But um, yeah, I mean, that is the thing. We're about Lyle Taylor. And it, the other thing I do wonder if if that does... I mean, because you look at that, that first half performance yesterday and you think, is is there a little bit of... The the players know we haven't got our best player on the pitch now. And does that automatically take 15% confidence away from you as well? Yeah, I think so. He's a talisman for our squad, isn't he? And it's not just... Sometimes it's not even just his players. It's just he is running down a channel, which brings other players into the game. Um, he's made himself a leader on the pitch as well. He seems to um, have a good uh, argument with the referee during the game and with different players. Of lots of uh, different photos of Lyle as well, pulling different uh, faces. He <laughs> likes uh, winding up players on the pitch. So yeah, oh, of course it does. If um, if a team doesn't have their their star player on the pitch. Um, then it affects players' heads. So again, that's that's something maybe Boya feels 
that the players didn't have before, but now maybe needs to address it and think, look, Lars not playing today. I, I know it's a blow because I'm sure all of us, if if we if we said, oh, one player's going to be injured, who, who don't you want it to be? It would be Lyle, wouldn't it? I mean, he's been our star player last season and again, started so well this season. Uh, so, yeah, it is a blow and, and football does. It is, it is ment- mentally does you in, doesn't it? When you, mm. when you think about things like that, different aspects of the game. So, um, it's about addressing that now because we can't keep saying it every week. Yeah. Until he's back, we've got to work out a different way of playing. All right, Mark Newbury, evening chats from all the doom and gloom going around online. You'd think we were 10 points from safety with three games to go. It's a pretty solid start, and those worrying about the next run of games should have a bit more belief in Boya to turn it around. Yes, we are missing Lyle Taylor, but it means others have to step up. A goal from a corner uh, from one of the centre-halves or a midfield strikers. We have talented guys there. I'm sure it will happen. We don't turn into a bad team overnight and going uh, back to 442 uh, might help as for the Phillips out brigade uh, they can all do one neither of the goals yesterday were his fault and he pulls off some excellent saves do they think having Amos would solve the scoring problem personally I'd like to see Bond get a start and move Leco to the wing as we do look a little unbalanced sometime uh, sometimes I think Leeds will underestimate us uh, so we can take advantage of that and stick free past them yeah wise words there from from mark um thanks for your email mark hopefully uh we'll, we'll see you soon right deal addict this is someone else who seems is claiming to have magic powers now so the blip is over i'm back from my holiday i missed the oxford game as well too so that's no coincidence i'm guessing that deal addict has missed the last two games and he missed the oxford game last season that we lost i mean you have to ask in this situation why they're going on holiday it just seems silly, doesn't it? Yeah, do they really love Charlton? Are they a proper Charlton or are they a plastic if they're going to go on holiday and not make us win? Oh, I hope they're betting on it as well, getting some money, and if they know we're going to lose, yeah. tell us all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, um, yeah, one in from uh, Green P. Uh, says Louis for your show tomorrow night this was sent last night even though we're all disappointed by the results certain fans took it upon themselves to abuse our players on the train on the way home yes we were all hurting but that doesn't excuse the uh, abuse uh, certain players took on the train last night it was not necessary now I'm not entirely sure what this relates to I don't know if anyone has any more information out there I know a couple of players were on your train I don't was there any I don't think there was abuse I know there's some Singing, like joining in, like yeah, celebrating people, the, the players. People yeah. were singing a song to Oshilaja, which he was laughing along with. Obviously, the song kept going on and on, and he was just a bit tired about it. But from what I saw, um, I got off the train with him at King's Cross, two of them, um, Aniki and Oshilaja. And uh, they they seemed all right. From what I saw, no one was singing in, in bad taste to them at all. They were just... Um, bit merry I had a couple of drinks on the way home and we're singing to two players I mean football these days we don't get to see the players that much and um, yeah it all seemed fine from where I was but um, of course there might have been some some worse stuff happening along the train I don't know mm, yeah hopefully it was nothing too serious it seemed like it's one of those days yesterday wasn't it like the trains were all pretty screwed up on the way back well, it was really weird actually so I was sitting we were sitting in the bar opposite the station just waiting for our train and looking at the trains and every single train was really screwed up like half an hour delayed the one after us was delayed by an hour apart from our one which was coming in on time I was like, that's really weird and not only did our one come in on time, we got back to London 20 minutes earlier. So an absolute win there. But um, yeah, the trains were messed up. But it's one of those ones like you put it down to experiencing that. But you still can have a good day of it. Um, certain certain Charlton fans mixing with former uh, political advisors as well was quite an interesting <laughs> one, wasn't it? I mean, um, 
uh, seeing seeing the chaps. What's, what's the what's the name of the guy they were with? Um, Alistair Campbell. Alistair Campbell. Yeah. On the on on the train. By the sounds of it, trying to convert um, Vince and these mates uh, off uh, Brexit onto something else. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's one of those days where you know you put it down as as a bad a bad afternoon, a, a disappointing day. But you can still have fun with your friends. You can still enjoy the the social side of going to watch Charlton as well. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what football's all about, isn't it? Really, the social side of it, going with your mates, having a sing song and that, and um. Yeah, when we pulled into King's Cross, everyone was still having a, a merry sing-song. Um, didn't see any hatred towards it at all. The players walked off back onto the tube. Um, yeah, yeah, it was all good fun, but um, obviously a shame with the result. But as Sebo said, we need to remember where we are now. We're in the championship. We are going to suffer a few losses. This is how we react. Mm. Right, now, something that's been in the news quite a lot this season, because of course, uh, VAR has been introduced to Premier League football. We saw it sort of firsthand in the in the World Cup, didn't we, in 2018. It was... Uh, I thought it was used pretty well in the World Cup. So when they said it was coming to the Premier League, I thought, okay, let's see how it goes. Now, we then had it in the Women's World Cup last year, um, and then some slightly stranger decisions started coming up. And you're like, okay, and it started to slow the game down, and there was a bit of this, a bit of that. And, and now this season, we've seen a few goals in the Premier League that looked like perfectly legitimate goals uh, to the naked eye. And then when Vars checked them, there's been... Uh, there's been fouls in there. There's been minor offsides. There's been there's been bits and pieces like that, and so it tended to be that VAR checks it, it finds the foul, and it says it's a foul, and the goal goes away. So you can't really argue that it's not implementing the rules as they stand. Now there are a lot of questions about, I mean, the offside goal in particular for Spurs yesterday, where the guy is like was tight, was like it? an inch offside, and like his shoulder was offside. It was very tight. Things like that. Um, have caused controversy. There was one actually today. So I wanted to set up this this bit to talk about VAR because Bo had said it was asked about it yesterday and it would have fitted in quite nicely with the Naby Sar penalty. So while I was typing the story, I was watching the game that was on this afternoon between Chelsea and Liverpool. I'm not going to give away the score in case anyone's waiting to watch it on Match of the Day, but there was a, a controversial moment with that at the exact time I pressed publish on my story. So I was like, perfect, because everyone will be talking about VAR, and all of a sudden, there's Lee Bowyer talking about VAR. So I want to know if you guys would like to see a VAR introduced into championship football it gets the rules it checks them it makes them right but it does delay the game it does disallow goals that if we're being honest wouldn't have been disallowed last year you're going to be celebrating a goal you don't know if it's going to stand it could be ruled out in two minutes time things like that um lee bayer was asked about var yesterday let's hear what he has to say first uh, the addicts boss sees absolutely no reason why it shouldn't be introduced into championship football well why not if it's if it's that important that they get the right decision for the Premiership, then why is it not as important in our division? Because you've got teams that are trying to get into the Premiership. So financially, well, it'd be great for our club to get in there. So why should they have a different set of rules to us? Because they have. They've got a different set of rules to what we've got. So... Um, our officials haven't got the help that the Premier League officials have got. So why should that happen? That, that, that's not right. At the end of the day, everybody should be treated the same. If you're going to have this VAR, then just spread it around so everybody gets it. The, the rest need help. It's a hard. It's just the, the hardest job I think in the world. I would never do it. It's, you can't win. So I think they need all the help they can get. 
So, Lee Bayer, very much in favour of VAR being introduced into Championship football. Now, like I say, that just the timing of the way it happened this afternoon with uh, the, the goal uh, being ruled out in, in the Chelsea-Liverpool game. Like I say, I'm not going to give away any, any, any scorers or anything like that or, or what the final score was. Um, I'm interested to know whether you'd like it in Championship football now. So, obviously, we haven't been on the receiving end of it so far. Um, I mean, one game that stood out for me was when Man City went to West Ham earlier on in the season. I mean, they battered them, but they had about four goals disallowed for, for uh, under VAR. Now, in normal time, I mean, you can understand, you know, goals get ruled out by, because the, the officials spot an offside and they put their flag up. And sometimes you don't notice until after, but pretty much you celebrate for a couple of seconds that, oh, the flag's up or the whistle's gone. You've heard something. Now, the amount of times that the goals can get ruled out after two minutes, and sure, sometimes it's the right decision. In fact, it almost is entirely the right decision. But a lot of people are worried that it's going to take away that moment where, you know, the best moment in football is when the goal hits the back of the net and you're celebrating. And sure, sometimes it can get taken away. But if we're seeing it more and more getting taken away 30 seconds after the goal, it was like a minute after the goal in the game I saw this afternoon. It was probably even longer yesterday in in the Spurs game because, I mean, to be honest, I saw Spurs had gone 2-0 up when I was in the press room. And I walked up to the the thing and I had no idea the goal had been disallowed until about five minutes later. I mean, it can take a long time. Does it risk... Are we are we risking striving for perfection too much, or are we saying, well, you know what, there is a lot of money involved, as Bowie has just said there. These are hundred million pounds decision in some cases. We need to get it right. Yeah, I guess there's getting it right, and there is being trying to be too perfect with decisions. I mean, that Tottenham one you mentioned yesterday was ridiculous, wasn't it? It was so tight. You're talking. A tight, I mean, they literally, I saw um, on Twitter, they had to bring out the lines to mm. show how they made it. It wasn't even down to like, oh, let's look at a camera. They showed lines of how they made the decision. I mean, it is getting a bit silly. And for Boya saying we all need it, if if you're saying we all need it, then you've got to do a championship, league one, league two. And doing it in the premiership at the moment is, is more of a, trial run would you say yeah i think so well i hope so so yeah and as you're saying like i just think back to the playoff final was one of the best feelings ever when that goal hit the back of the net i still think var might have ruled that goal out for pierce on they, the back they of the would defender. have looked at pierce a hundred times wouldn't yeah. they go they, they would have slowed it down and it always looks worse when it slowed down oh, as course. well which is which is another worry because so, he shoves his arms mm. up as well at but the same so, so 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 we're talking about so yesterday i i think we would have got a penalty for that for that nabby thing. so we would have been the beneficiaries of that yesterday so does that change your opinion at all you know do, do you think well we have been a little bit mugged off there because we should be coming back. You know, it should have been one all at that point if we'd scored our penalty. Yeah, I, I guess you're right in that regard. But then it could turn around next week and it could <laughs> happen. I mean, again, this this discussion goes down uh, down uh, every pub every week when people are watching down the football these days, don't it? VAR this, VAR that. But the beauty of football, a lot of people used to think, was one minute it comes around, swings and roundabouts, doesn't it? Decisions mm. like that. So. It's hard because, yeah, we could have been a beneficiary of it uh, yesterday, but I can't believe how the ref was, <laughs> was stood right there on that one. So imagine like, oh, playing on, and then VAR says, oh, by the way, mate, I'm, you, I know you were stood right there, but it was a blatant penalty. It's mm. hard to call, isn't it? Like, don't know how you'd, how you'd say it. I mean, but- a, lot, a, lot of it, a lot of the implementation and people have pointed at VAR is actually the fact that there's new rules for handball as well. So there's been yeah. other ones where... 
Uh, I mean, the, the one that I can specifically remember was Leicester versus Wolves, where I remember watching it. Like I knew, I already knew the score. I thought I knew it'd finish nil nil, and watching a goal for Wolves, I think it was, and going, oh, I thought this game finished nil nil, and then it took them again. It took about a minute to decide. I mean, there was a slightest touch of handball in there. Now that is sort of actually where it's the change of the rules, so that any touch of your hand that leads to a goal, whether you mean it or not, is is, is uh, you know is going to be disallowed. So there is a slight crossover between the new rule and VAR in that circumstance. But yes. again, I mean, it, it, it's ruling out goals that you never would have seen ruled out before because the referee never would have seen that. So again, are we striving for perfection and taking away that moment that Wolves fans had? Or are we saying, well, Leicester fans, they didn't deserve to see their team concede there because there was a handball in it? Yeah, I mean, you had uh, Bale in the week. Uh, he scored a perfect oh, course, goal. Yeah. And uh, as he's controlled the ball, it's brushed off his hand. Didn't change the movement of the ball at all. He scored. Gone like, hey, we're back in the game. And suddenly, VAR's ruled out for that. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, mm. like, for uh, what do you do? Yeah. So yeah. I asked earlier if fans would be interested in having VAR. I mean, a couple of them. Um, uh, TJ said uh, all fun and games until Boya celebrates a last minute goal and end up and then ends up kicking down the VAR box and strangling the referee because it gets disallowed uh, Reese uh, says no 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 Adam says no 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 um, the Boya had a dream says um, instead of having it introduced to the championship he says better still take VAR away full stop um, <laughs> Gareth Thompson says haven't experienced it in a stadium Definitely not. So the argument is is between getting everything correct, getting everything perfect, and taking away some of the spon- spontaneous celebrations that you have in football. And I, I just, I, I having watched it more and more in the Premier League, I, I'm sort of leaning towards no. I'm not sure I want to see that again now. I mean, I enjoy. Uh, there's, there's been too many times. Even the England, like England women, when they equalised against the USA and then White scored a goal, I celebrate the goal, and then two minutes later, it's, it's an inch offside. And you're like, oh, for God's sake! Like again, that you just wish the re- the linesman had got it in the first place, didn't you? Oh, I remember last year. The one that comes to mind was when it was the Champions League against Man City, Tottenham, and Pep ran right down the touchline, didn't he? And yeah. went crazy, and uh, for a VAR to rule that out, uh, it's just. But then in the same game, you had Lorente kind of come off his hand for a handball and it wasn't given. So I don't, again, VAR is not perfect. Do do we give it to the end of the season and see what happens then with it to, to bring it into our league? Um, yeah, I think it is on a trial run. Can it get better? I think the worst bit about it is the timing. It seemed, again, today it took so long for them to work out whether it was a goal or not. Mm, well, uh, it- but the worst bit is just celebrations. Imagine yeah. us like at Wembley celebrating that goal like we all did for it to be ruled out. It's just... yeah. <laughs> oh, there we go. So there we go. That's our discussion on VAR. You can still have your say if you want. Um, tweet us at Charlton Live. Now, this afternoon was the Legends game. Uh, Benji, I didn't get down there, unfortunately. I had stuff on to prepare for this evening show. But you went down. Um, which legends were there? Which ones did you? It was an enjoyable day down at Cray, celebrating Cray Valley, uh, 100 years of their club, with a few of uh, our players who were nearer to 100 than when they did play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was enjoyable. Uh, there was quite a few goals. I think it finished 6-5, was it? Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was nice to see uh, Jacko out there, uh, Jason Yule. Uh, there was a few players that they said were going to play, but uh, weren't there in the end. But uh, John Fortune still looks in really good shape, actually. Mm. Uh Marcus Bent was there. I haven't seen him play for a for a long time, but uh, yeah, it was uh, yeah. Kevin Lisby actually, uh, I think 
his couple of his sons come on and they look they, they took the game very seriously <laughs> and one of them scored a really good goal actually yeah. um so yeah it was a, it was a nice day out for that um I know uh, Lisby's done well there as a player as well, yeah. so uh, it's a really good setup and everything. Yeah, yeah, they got to Wembley, didn't they? Um, I mean, is there any of, the, any of those legends who you think could still get a run out here? Because I remember when when we had the hundred years. Um, no, what was the, the there's a, was it back to the valley? We had uh, oh yeah, back to the valley. Yeah, yeah, the back to the valley celebrations, twenty five years game. Uh, I remember Bowie coming on, and he really looked the part still at that point. So, is there, is there anyone? Could Jacko still hack it? Could Marcus Bent be the answer to our striker shortage at the moment? Uh, Marcus Bent, he didn't, he didn't do too much to be fair. He kept, um, <laughs> he kept on the wing. Jacko played a few uh, neat little passes, but seemed quite knackered towards the end. But I mean, do you he think has... his legs have gone now. Well, I don't... <laughs> <laughs> he, he did run a marathon, didn't he? Yeah. So he still got it. Uh, Paul Hayes actually, he played. He looked quite trim still. I know he's is he a coach at the club uh, for youth level I think uh, right, yeah, um, yeah he, he looks alright actually to be fair to him yeah excellent stuff So, um, and it was all for charity as well and Pally was down there managing and Keith Peacock he so it sounded like it was quite a nice on, yeah. quite a nice Charlton event was there, was there a lot of fans there and- yeah I think there was about 400 odd fans there um yeah, Chris Powers there with his flat cap on. Looked mm. like he was enjoying himself, having a laugh. Basie, yeah. uh, Grant Basie played as well. Yeah, excellent stuff. Yeah, right. Uh, Sebo says, if VAR cannot make its mind up, then the original decision of the on-field ref stands. Yeah, so that's another one. So, I mean, that's why it's because decisions aren't black and white. It's not goal line technology. That's the other thing. So, there's something like, uh, in cricket, they have the umpire's call. So if, if an offside is so tight, should there be an umpire's call? I've seen some people suggesting that. But, I mean, someone else... I mean, Graham Sooness said it on on, uh, on the telly today. He says, if you're offside, you're offside. So that that is all. So it's, it's hard to say. But spe- certainly with fouls, fouls are sort of... It's, it's down to someone's interpretation of what they've just seen. So you could get five people and have five different opinions on... On, on, on the tackle you've just seen, so that's why it's so hard to sort of to sort of make your mind up on that. Right, women's team they lost three uh, nil at home to Brighton today, unfortunately. So they still haven't scored a goal this season. Uh, that was in the uh, Continental Cup group stage. So it's only a group stage; they're not out of the competition yet, but they still uh, haven't had the greatest start to uh, to the to the season, unfortunately. So um, yeah, hopefully they'll uh, improve. Now we've uh, got a couple of minutes left, so we do need to look ahead to the week coming up. Worst case scenario now, we're playing Leeds United, we're playing Swansea. Is it Fulham after that as well? So, Fulham after and that, yeah. We've got three tough games coming up now. If we lose all three, which hopefully we won't, but is it panic stations then or is it, let's put it in perspective, the fact that we've played three of the bigger teams in this division? Yeah, I, I don't think we're going to lose all three. As, as someone emailed in earlier, let's have a bit of faith in Lee Bowyer. We know he's a great manager. He's well, I've never heard him sound that uh, disappointed after yesterday so he's he's feeling the frustration because it's annoying uh the few niggles he's had in the team especially Kyle again I think Brighton when he come over from Brighton he he was like one of the big signings we made and if we're suffering these injuries uh it's a blow but look I don't well I can't see us losing all three of those games I know they're hard prospects but Sometimes we turn up when it's a when it's a hard game like that. We we definitely did last season in the big game. So uh, yeah, I think it depends on the defeats really. If we don't score 
in those three mm. games, then, yeah, I can see people getting very panicky yeah. and frustrated. It's going to be a very interesting week or two for the Addicts. Right, we've run out of time here on this evening's Charlton Live. I hope you have enjoyed the show. Thank you to all of you who's got involved with your emails, uh, your tweets, your forum posts and whatnot. Uh, we'll be back here on Thursday evening with a big match preview ahead of uh, the game against Legion. United. We look forward to seeing you again uh, then. Benji, thanks for your company this evening. Thank you. We'll see you again soon. Uh, I am Louis Mendes. I hope, as I say, I hope you've enjoyed the show. We'll be back here on Thursday. Let's hope the Charm can get back to winning ways as soon as possible. We shall see you on Thursday. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.